So I'm going to try and get through this as best as I can with, uh, w without getting uh, uh, too worked up, per se. But um, this, this week's... I told you there was a surprise, Dennis. I told you that I had a surprise for you. And uh, when this recording drops, it will be um, the week of your birthday. And I wanted to do something special for you on your birthday as my as a dear friend of mine. You've, you've helped make this podcast fun for me even more than I already have fun doing it. Um, the time that you put into it with me coming over and talking wrestling and, and amusing me a lot, you know. Um, I'm very grateful to have you in my life as a friend. I'm not bullshitting you here because I just pressed record either. Like, I really mean that. Um, you're, you're another brother to me, you know, and there's, I have three blood brothers, biological, but, you know, you're, you're number four, you know, I have, I have a few more other friends, but you're one of my dear friends that I can count on one hand that I could honestly say is, a, is as loyal as the day is long, and, and I can't thank you enough and, and show my appreciation to you enough um, for, for being my friend, so th this show is, is, is all yours, it's, your this birthday is all yours um this is my way of show of saying thank you to you and wanting you to um take the reins for for this week happy birthday bud wow i'm a little shocked and uh that uh thank you for the the kind words and whatnot that i'm really touched that, that uh i, don't no, I mean it saying. man yeah. i really do and, uh, i know you do like 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 yeah that that uh over the uh last couple of years yeah we got really tight and like no, it's like an honor and privilege to be on the, uh, well, on the part it's, of the podcast. It's, yeah. it's an honor to have you. It's an honor for you to be a part of this and for you to to contribute the way you do and, and add your 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 brand of, of opinion to the show. Um, it wouldn't be the same without you if I didn't get to do these with you. And I and I appreciate your time and your effort and everything you do into doing these. And like I've said before, I'm sure there's times where. You know, you, you don't want to drag yourself out of bed because you're tired or whatever. you got other stuff going on in your life. But you make the time, and I and I appreciate you, man. I really do. I, I, I can't thank you enough for, for being my friend, and I'm very grateful to have you in my life as I'm literally getting choked up right now, dude. Um, so the the format's yours today before I start crying. I'm like... Anyway, wow. I'm like ridiculously touched, ladies and gentlemen, um, and the audience. Like, uh... Like, uh, this is kicking out at two for those of you that yeah. are wondering. You know, if you haven't hit download already, um, I'm Dave Rosenbluth, and we're going to be celebrating Dennis's Dennis birthday today. Uh, Dennis, how old are you? How, I am, how old will you be turning this week? I got to be forty-one. Forty-one. Okay. Forty-one going on twenty-six. But then, uh, aren't we all? Yeah, <laughs> me especially though. That I'm forever the Uncle Dennis of the world. Uncle Dennis. That, 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 uh, well, I'm an Uncle Dave, so I mean, that, you know, that works. That, uh, yeah, that that uh, I live the single life and I live it very well. I you know I, I live the married life and I think I do pretty well for myself. Yeah, you in were, terms were of the married life. I'm uh, very blessed and grateful to have the life that I have with my. But wife. if I had a Nikki in my life, maybe I could change my ways. Yeah, but you know, that being I'm said, I'm that, sure. that, that uh, I'm sure you'll a, find that person. A, I've never found my Nikki yet, and then B, that that uh, I'm glad I have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. So. Like I said to you, the, the format is yours for the taking. We can talk about whatever you want. We can watch whatever you want. Um, well, since you got the old app of Ready to Rock and Roll. I mean, I have it Ready to Rock and Roll. So, the, I mean, here's, that, uh, here's a couple suggestions. Here, yeah. Here's some ideas that I had floating. And, you, and like I said, the format is yours. Like I said, we can talk about whatever you want. 
It could be anything wrestling related, you know, that, that, that's on your mind that you just want to shoot out there. Or we could watch something on the Peacock on WWE Network. Um, I actually got one on the fly. All right, well, let me just throw okay. out some suggestions yep. and then, you know. So, for instance, your birthday is May the 20th, okay? Yep. Your birthday, you also share that birthday with Road Dog Jesse James, WWE Hall of Famer from the New Age Outlaws. Hey, no, not going to happen. You also share this date with, in my opinion, and it, it very impacted me very much so, the, the death of one of the greatest of all time, Macho Man Randy Savage, he 10 years ago, 20th, on huh? May the 20th, a heart attack wow. behind the wheel. So, I think I did know that. So, that. so that's something that you unfortunately share. Now, um, as I was trying to plan this whole birthday you know, podcast out for, you know, or at least just throw some ideas out there, I was looking through and I was trying to find things that matched the date of your birthday. And there's maybe a couple episodes of Monday Night Raw, um, a few pay-per-views, but I don't really... F- I mean, if you want to watch a pay-per-view, we can yeah. do that, too. That's up to you. Um, but- I, the only pay-per-view I can think of was on my birthday, but it's not really retro. Of course, it's the one we went to. Money in the Bank. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking four hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we want to sit through that, but I mean, we can could, we, we, we could do that on another day where we can watch a match yeah. from it. It doesn't matter. Whatever you if want to do. If we got to watch a match, you know what match it has to be. Which one? It has to be when Bailey won, won the title. When she, oh, the the money in the bank yeah, cash. Yeah, the, 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 they, they allegedly kissed you. It definitely would have to be the match. <laughs> if we're going to watch, okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, like I said, I thought you did for some reason. I thought you kissed me on the cheek. Like, I probably did. I lost my mind. I don't I remember. hate Charlotte Fair so, so fucking much. And I love Bailey so much. That concoction can make me kiss a man. No doubt about it. I mean, and you, I don't think you were drinking, were you? Did you have a couple of I beers? I had a couple of beers. Night? Remember, yeah, remember you bought yeah, yeah, a bunch of couple of beers. Yeah. That's right, yeah, because I was. Yeah, I was trying to repay the favor. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we could do that. I, there was, you know, like I said, there's some episodes of Monday Night Raw that happen to fall on your birthday um, that we could watch as well. Or we could just talk about whatever you want. I actually like, want to have a dialogue. Is, the floor is yours. And, and the topic that I want to talk about, and we could go on and on and on about okay. this. You got emotional and it really touched me. Why don't we talk about the times of wrestling got you emotional? Okay. I can think of a ton of times that happened to me. Okay. All right. So why don't, why don't we start? All right. That's that's fair. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. I mean, you did. I did get emotional because you're you're a great friend and you're you know you're someone I care about a lot, and not just when it comes to this podcast either, but just in life in general. You know. I mean, we've talked about things, you know, in our, in our lives. You know that that we've gone through, um, you know, just life stuff. You know, like last year when you you, you talked about, not to disclose too much, but you're you know when you were out of work and. Uh, you know, due to the pandemic and how that affected you, you know, yeah. mentally. And, and, you know, I talked about, you know, my, my experiences, you know, with me being out of work and then eventually, you know, starting a new job and a new career, you know, in the Department of Corrections and, and that process and going through all that. So, I mean, it's not just wrestling podcast related, it's life related too. You know, we talk about sports and, and TV shows yeah. and things like we that. We both so, love I mean, the Mets. Yeah, you know, we're both are big Mets fans, so... You know, like it's it goes way beyond this podcast, but you know it, it, how much I care about you as a human being, as a person, and that's why, like I said, I'll re, I'll keep reiterating it throughout this this recording is that you know I I I can't thank you enough for being my friend and being such a good friend to me, and 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 yeah. I don't know, vice versa. So, like, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, he picks me up every time. I don't have a car in like six seven months. 
that he picks me up. That's what friends do, man. I'm gonna say we're tight, ladies and gentlemen. That's what friends do, you know. Like we we help each other out when we're down and we're out, you know. So I wanted to, you know, do something special for you, and and, and you know, you you always roll with the punches on these shows. Like, all right, we're gonna watch this. All right, we're gonna watch it. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, oh yeah, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. you know, like this is yours. This format's yours. So you want to talk about times that. And it's free flowing. You know, we talk about times when we've been emotional in yeah. wrestling. We talk about whatever you want. So let's 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 kick I it off. You know? when, when we saw the Macho Man Ultimate Warrior match together, right? <laughs> yeah, we both got emotional, and it made me think like we should do something like that. Now it just like pops in my it head. Just like, popped in your head. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I mean, I'll be honest with you. Over the year, maybe it's because I've gotten older and I've become a little more sentimental in 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 my time, but. Um, as we've as I've gotten older, I've become even more sensitive. I've always been a sensitive person, but I, I've even become even more sensitive to other people's feelings and and, and things like that. And um, I, I in, in many ways have become more nostalgic. You know, remembering my childhood and remembering things that I did that you know, whether it be sports or school or um, anything in life uh, when I was younger, wrestling a big part of that. You know. So, when people say like, <clears throat> for years I wouldn't, I, I would, I used to, it used to make my skin crawl when people would say, look, oh, oh that gave me goosebumps, you know, and I used to think like that's such a fucking cliche, and I'll never forget when I first met my wife, and she told me that she watched wrestling for a little bit, and she was into it. And she told me some of her favorites like Randy Orton and Shawn Michaels yeah. and Edge and. You know, names like that. And she was, um, she she would watch with me. And it was in 2013. Do you remember the angle that, that WWE did where they fired Goldust and Cody? And it was the authority, Triple H and Stephanie. They fired Goldust and Cody. Vaguely, yeah. And then they had Dusty involved and they like beat up Dusty, right? Randy Orton was like the face of the authority. The shield was kind of yeah. like their their. It was well, no, no, that was a different one. Okay, that was I remember, that was a Texas bull rope match. Yeah, it was terrible, <clears throat> right? From Great American Bash in 2007, but they had a match where it was a battleground. It was Cody and Goldust with Dusty in their corner against the Shield, right? And if Cody and Goldust won, they got their jobs back. And I remember we ordered the pay per view. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a few friends over. We watched it, and my wife sat next to me, and it was like in the middle of the card, that match, too. The main event of that show was Daniel Bryan Randy Orton for the title, and there was a non-finish in that pay-per-view. Um, big Show, I think, came out and like beat up both guys in the main event, and then they like went off the air. It was like a non-finish, and people shit all over it. But in hindsight, and I even said it that night, I was like, this match should be the main event. There's high stakes in it. Yeah. And I remember the last few sequences of the match... I was sitting next to my wife, and Cody gave the crossroads. Dusty did like the elbow to Ambrose on the outside, and Cody gave the crossroads finish. And um, my wife was like, "Oh my god, I got goosebumps!" And I looked over, like, "Like, oh really? Like you're just like everyone else?" But like, she legit like had goosebumps on her arms, and so I was like, "Okay, that's kind of real." So now going back to when we watched Ultimate Warrior Macho Man a few months back on this show which you can find in the archives by the way uh, the career ending match from Wrestlemania 7 that moment when Savage 
and her reun- and Elizabeth reunited, and you see the the shots of the crowd of people crying. And yeah, I nearly cried. You, you, you nearly called me cried. out. You called and, me out, and I was and, like, and my my arms, I legit had goosebumps. And that was the first time that I can remember where I was like watching something uh, in wrestling where I like the hair on my arms stood up. You know, I was like, whoa, like it was just uh, I was I was I was taken aback by it. You know, um, so. As I've gotten older, when it comes to really good emotional content from wrestling, and even stuff from the past, I'll get choked up. There's a few occasions in my younger years where I I had gotten emotional watching something, and we'll go into it, but as I've gotten older, my point being is I've kind of went around the block a few times... um, as I've gotten older, I've become a little more sensitive to some of the more emotional moments in wrestling, uh, where I've been like, "Woo!" Like, just like took me, you know. So let's let, let's continue. What, what's give me some examples of, of of times where you got so caught up in it, you know, that you were just emotional and you either cried or you got choked up or you know, just let, let's just talk. I remember that uh, but. Uh, my earliest times were I legitimately cried for wrestling. I was a huge Jake the Snake Roberts fan, and when Rick Martel blinded him, that whole angle, and I'm like, now my boy can't wrestle and stuff like that. And yeah. and, it, and you know, when I was younger, I thought it, I thought it was real and stuff. Yeah. And like like Jake the Snake ever gonna wrestle again and whatever. And and also another one tied into Jake the Snake when Earthquake killed Damien. Oh, those yes. those I was like, you told <clears throat> I'm telling you, wrestling stole my soul. When you heard Jake the Snake, the the face, Jake the Snake, a baby face, Jake the Snake Roberts, you stole my soul. Yeah. Even 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 when when I was older, even when Jerry King Lawler, when he took when he put the alcohol in Jake the Snake, I I was I I, I don't oh, know I was balling at that point, but okay. I, I I definitely shed a tear <clears throat> that, that, that uh, I was so oh I hated Jerry King Lawler for doing that. that the the Lawler one didn't affect me, but I remember. <clears throat> Watching the, I, I as a as a young kid, I always knew in my mind that like, yes, I knew that wrestling was predetermined. I had found out probably like I think it was like eight nine years old maybe when I had found out that. Me wrestling too, was but pre, you when you're still young enough, you still lose yourself. Yeah, you still lose yourself, and exactly, and um, so I had always I always knew in the back of my mind that like, nobody dies in wrestling. There's no knives and there's no guns. Those were like my three things. Everything else, everything else you 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 come to expect, but you never like. I, I always knew that like. Well, I'll never see somebody pull a gun out. I'll never see somebody get stabbed, and I'll never see somebody die in wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know, years later, you know, we've seen guys, you know, like in ECW, stab someone with a fork. Yeah. You know, Brian Pillman with his gun. And then, unfortunately, you know, Owen Hart legit passing away. Yeah. You know, on pay-per-view. So, um, but as a youngster, I knew that in the back of my mind. So, when Earthquake killed Jake Snake, Damien, you also, do you remember how they produced that, too? Like, when Earthquake went to run the ropes and he would jump and go to sit on they cut to Sean Mooney in the studio because it was too graphic 
for them to show Earthquake sitting on him. And then, like, if you wanted to see the exclusive footage, you had to watch primetime wrestling, like, in a couple of nights or whatever to see it exclusively at, like, 9 o'clock at night. I don't remember that. Yeah, because it was on a Superstars. Yeah. When Earthquake killed Damien. And Jake was in the ropes. He's tied up in the ropes. Earthquake runs the ropes. He goes to... And you knew he sat on the snake. But once he went to jump and before he landed, they cut to Sean Mooney. And Sean Mooney just made this face like, oh, oh no. And then they cut back and Earthquake's sitting on Damien. And then he gets up and he goes to run the ropes again. And then Sean Mooney's like, oh. And you can hear Vince in the background. He's like, cut it out, cut it out now. He's like losing his mind over it. He killed Damien, god damn it. You know, like he's just freaking the fuck out. Um, but that was a little, that, that was like the first time where like that whole like, Nobody's gonna die yeah. in wrestling, you know. Theory in the back of my mind was tested when Earthquake killed Damien. Oh, you know, when Jake looked in the bag too. Oh, oh yeah, when he looked uh. in the bag, you were just like, "Ooh." Um, you got give me some more examples here. Oh, that, that uh, so we already it's your show, man. Come on. So we already we already talked about Macho Man, of course, Queen Elizabeth. That that uh, that um, uh, but we get you going like even more in depth, like. Just like how we went from, and in, in like thirty seconds, how much we hated Macho Man to how much we loved him. Just like I think that's why, like a guy like me, when I was like even like when we saw it like a couple months ago, that 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 uh that that uh, because we want to love the Macho Man, you know, and that gave us excuses. You love to hate him, but you you. you but you wanted to love him, love him. Yeah, but, but you wanted to love him at the same that, time. That that, yeah. um, that, that, that uh. That gave us an excuse to, for, for for us to love him again yeah. and stuff like that. When he reunited, it wasn't with just this great. It wasn't just. It wasn't just. Um, it wasn't just Queen Elizabeth. Or, I mean, uh, it wasn't just uh, you, you know Elizabeth the Macho Man re, re, reuniting. It was also us reuniting with the Macho Man. That's a great. That's a great way of looking at it. That, that, uh, it's a great so, way of looking at it. I so like that. that's what that's what got me emotional. Like, like to think about when I when I went back in time and I was just like. That's when I loved the Macho Man again, yeah. and, and 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 how much you wanted him, as much as I love Jake the Snake, the, the babyface. Now I wanted Jake the Snake to heal, to die, yeah. and, and, uh, spoiling the wedding and all that other oh, stuff. Oh yeah, and uh, and and and, uh, and uh, that's why that's why seriously I got so emotional, and I, I went back in time and I just remembered how I felt. Like, yeah, I, this. I loved him much, man, and that's the way he should be. I, yeah. And, and like, like you went from hating him to loving him all in that one moment, and that's why that that's why I really think like like like, like if if we could go back in time as, as bookers or whatever, that should have been the final moment of the WrestleMania. So they should have closed that WrestleMania with Savage and Warrior. Absolutely. I mean, I, that's that's I, I I can't argue that. Well, who was the main event? Hogan and Slaughter. Yeah. But Hogan was like the American hero saving America from the Iraqi sympathizer. It. So I mean, like the story was better than the match. So. Yeah, for sure. The story leading up to it was better than Hogan and Slaughter. But yeah, um, no. If they if they ended WrestleMania with that, Randy Savage, Elizabeth, yeah. and the big celebration at the end, like you know that that would have been that would have been a cool moment. But like 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 we said when we watched it, man, just you know, it was like reuniting. With the fans as Randy, you know, Randy Savage. I always had a, I was a big macho man. It was Hogan and Savage. You know this. I mean, fuck. You see, you know what I mean? You yeah. You see my toys here, you yeah. know. Hogan, I got a little mega power set up right there. You just you show know? this on your on your page, by the way. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll take some pictures of it. Um, 
there's actually a guy that I that I know that I want him to customize this Randy Savage here. This is Hasbro Randy Savage. So that it's like the Mega Powers colors is Hogan. So he'll have yellow with the red knee pads and it'll say Mega Powers on the back. Because he does good customized work. I had him do a, a custom job for uh, for Justin, for Bret Hart Hasbro for his birthday. And he did a phenomenal job. So I'm going to reach out to him. Uh, CJ Anderson, if you're listening. Uh, I know it's been a while. Uh, I, I got a few jobs for you. Um, but anyhow... Um, you know, Macho Man was my second, you know, my, it was Hogan and him, yeah. you know, and they still are, you know, without a doubt, in my opinion, my favorites. Um, and so when Savage turned on Hogan and the Mega Powers exploded, that was a tough one for me because those are my two favorites. It was like, who do I root for? You know, but Savage was so mean and nasty. He was mean to Miss Elizabeth and he was mean to Hulk Hogan. It was like, all right, I had to kind of side with Hogan yeah. as a kid. But in a way, though, as a kid, you got to cheer for Hogan, right? Yeah. But as an adult, wouldn't you cheer for the Macho Man? Yeah, we've talked. Yeah, we've talked about how, like, you know, it appears that Hogan was trying to take his old lady. He was. Yeah. What? A- uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You can you can make that case now. You look back. I'm 38 now. You know, and and shit. Like, I would probably root for Savage too if you know someone was trying to take my old lady. You know. Um, but yeah, when Savage eventually came back and was with Miss Elizabeth at WrestleMania Seven, um, you know, I I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming at all. Mainly because I didn't watch the show. But then when I read about it in the newspaper of all places, it was in, it was in the New York Post, um, in that Informer column I think that Vince Russo had. When my father told me about it. I was like, whoa, Macho Man's back with Miss Elizabeth. Oh man, like. Um, you know, it was I was I was very happy to see that Macho Man had come back to his senses, so to speak. Even though he eventually turned into a commentator for a little bit um, before he returned, and then they did the whole wedding angle. Um, but I didn't get too emotional. But when watching that with you, yes, very yeah. very emotional. Uh, some other instances where you got all worked up and emotionally watching wrestling. Mankind winning the title the first time. That that okay. That got. Because You're a big mankind fan. I too. love the well. Granted, I always love the heel mankind. Okay, yeah. Way, way yep. more than the baby face. There, yeah. Way more than the baby face, but still, like you wanted, the, you wanted Mick Foley, like the like to get that shot, you know, the opportunity of being, and it was always coming up short, just like you know the mind games match against John Michaels. Yeah. Arguably, arguably my favorite mankind match of all time. That that um. And then, of course, the, the, the match with Shawn Michaels. Yeah, the, yeah, that's a great I, match. I love my. That's a great match. That, um, maybe we'll maybe we'll watch that when it when we approach the 25th anniversary of that later this year because awesome I'd love to watch idea. that match again. That's a great match. And I, and 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 in 1996, 25 years ago, I didn't appreciate that match then. Okay, because I thought, what is Shawn Michaels doing wrestling this guy? Like I thought it was just like a weird mix up, like a weird matchup. Like, Sean, I felt, worked well with big giants and guys that wrestled similar style to him, like a Bret Hart yeah. or even an Owen Hart. So when they put him with Mankind when I was younger, I was just like, oof, okay. And then, I think it was, I forget where I saw it. I think it was, in, I think when I read Mick Foley's first book, and he talked about how that was his favorite match he ever wrestled. Really? That's his, that's his favorite match of all time that he's ever, his favorite wrestling match yeah. that he ever had. Was with Sean. And I took the time to watch it. 
I had a friend who had a tape. I borrowed it. I watched it. I was like, this is fucking good. I didn't think it was that good. Yeah. But go ahead. Continue. Mankind winning the title. Yeah, yeah. Just to say that, that, that uh, he, he was always come so, so, so far but so short. Yeah. And, of course, like the, uh, uh, you know, his matches with The Undertaker and, like, how... It's like he was due a title opportunity after after going through the ringer with the Undertaker, you yeah. know, and that that uh, and and also you know what's a shame, crying shame actually, that the Undertaker mankind never fought for the title. Yeah, they did. Did they? I, yeah. I never. I, I don't remember that. Uh, right after Undertaker beat Sid at WrestleMania, he defended it against Mankind the next month at the In Your House Revenge of the Taker pay per view. You remember the video clip where Mankind got leaped off the apron and his head went head first into the, 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 the announce table? I think so. Okay. You've probably seen the highlight reel, the clip of it before. That was also the same show, I think, where Undertaker attempted to do the flash bulb, the, the flash, the fireball to Paul Bearer, and he burned his face. Oh, right. And then that's how they started the angle with, with Paul Bearer coming back and saying, Kane is alive, yeah. Undertaker! Yeah, that was that's where it all originated from. In Your House, Revenge of the Taker. Okay. April of 97. I obviously don't remember this match at all, but... It was, I don't... I, I don't... I remember it happening. I, no, I don't the, remember watching it. Kind of Undertaker should have been a, at least a SummerSlam or one of like the big a fours. Bit, a bit, yeah, I, I, could, I could definitely see them having a, you know... I have a... Casking match for the title at Survivor Series or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they a title match on a yeah. bigger pay per view. Yeah, that would have been kind of cool. But at the same time, their rivalry was so um, so popular am- amongst fans in from '96 going into '97. They were so off and on with each other that it, it kind of helped elevate that in your house pay per view. By putting it on that show instead yeah. of because people will buy SummerSlam, people will buy Royal Rumble, you know, people will buy WrestleMania, but will they buy it in your house? Oh, Undertaker's going to wrestle Mankind for the title. Maybe I'll buy that, you know, instead of like the 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 names of those other four pay per views write itself, you know, the, the the people will buy that shit. But Mankind winning the title in 1999, yeah, I mean that I could definitely see why people would get emotional for that. It is so funny too. I was watching. It was because uh, WCW that that uh, I was more of a WCW guy at the time, watching in, and all of a sudden, like uh, hear Eric Bischoff announce. Oh, Tony Schiavone. Hey, hey, it was Schiavone. Schiavone, yeah. And Schiavone goes, "Hey, don't watch Raw. It, uh, 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 I th- Cactus Jack's gonna win your gonna world win. title. Was, are you kidding me? I'm going straight to Raw yeah. right now. Click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Six hundred thousand people changed the channel after Tony I was Schiavone one of them. said that. Yeah, I was one of them. I'm sure I did too. I flipped back and forth that night. Because uh, that was the finger poke of doom. That was the night when Hogan, you know, poked Nash and he won the belt and they fooled everyone. Yeah. Um, which is interesting that, uh, that you know, that, that, that those two moments happened simultaneously, you know, at the same time. Um, you, you can argue because that. Because you got that. a different set of emotions on the other end. You got, on, on Mankind winning the title, yeah. you got happiness and, 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 and joy that, you know, you're... This lovable underdog, this lovable loser, I guess you could call him, wins the championship, beats the top dog in the rock. You know, he gets help from Stone Cold, of course. And then on the other end, you get this anger and hatred that WCW produced the finger poke of doom with Hogan and Nash. So it's it's funny how, like, those two moments created two different 
sets of emotions for fans. It's it's, it's fascinating to me. Hey, you can argue that, uh, that uh, at least for me, you can argue that's the night where the grip of WCW loosened and the grip for WWF tightened. You could make a case that that was probably like another nail in the coffin for WCW. Yeah, um, I've always said, and they were still number one, right? WCW no, WWF was. Were they? Okay. WWF was was already on top by that point. They were just they were they were taking the lead. I think they were running away with it after that. Night. Okay. I think after that night is when they started really running away with it. Um, but you know, I, I've I've made an argument, and I'll stand by it to this day. I've said it in this podcast that. Um, I don't mind the finger poke of doom if there was a good follow up and and a good story following that. You know, I didn't logically the NWO split and it turned into two factions and Goldberg was becoming a dominant force. Yeah. And the NWO decided, you know what, let's get back together and screw Goldberg and be on top again. So that's what they did, but there was no follow up to it. Goldberg got hurt. Other members of the NWO were hurt. They didn't even like they didn't even like split the group up like. You know, on TV, sort of thing. Like they did, there was no finality to the NWO angle under you know Hogan and Eric Bischoff and all those guys. So if there was a, if there was a case where Goldberg had all those guys to run through and he single handedly like killed the NWO after what they did to him, then I could justify the finger poke of doom. I could justify the that, but there's it just it, I don't know I. Some people will probably lynch me for it for saying it. Like I said, I didn't mind it, but there needed to be better follow-up. And I could understand why people were so angry at what took place, you know, because they they expected one thing and then they got another, you know, and they didn't they, they got something they didn't want, which was Hogan winning the belt again yeah. at that time. So, um Talk to you. Got to talk to me a little bit more about other other moments in wrestling history. Well, when you, wrestling got real, of made course, you emotional. That, 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 uh, you know how much I love Brian Pillman. Yeah. I was crushed when Brian Pillman died. Yeah, the, I was crushed. I'm getting emotional just talking. Yeah, like I said, I I I got a weird creativity. Like I can't draw, I can't write, but I'm really good at like. I think I'd be a good movie producer based on just like I'm really good at just like. Like like go like pretending I'm like see I'm going back I, I could I could I could go back in like time and like really go go like like like, like go back and like be that person like 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 that 15 year old kid when like found out when Brian Pillman died and like yeah that just how much I loved him and like I'm, like I'm never gonna see him wrestle again like yeah I I was really I that re- more than Owen Hart. More than Eddie Guerrero, more than Chris Benoit. Mine was Brian Pillman. I loved him. Yeah. Um, it was just so sudden. Just one day, he just... Yeah, very sudden. Like, I didn't expect it either. Um, that was around the time when he was doing that angle with Gold Dust, where he had Marlena captive for 30 days, and they were doing those, like, those, those triple X-file home videos where, like, he was documenting... His time on the road with her and kind of taunting gold dust. And, yeah, that's um, awesome stuff. I mean, it was really good stuff. And then they, um, f- do you, you remember when they used to do those 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 pay per view kickoff shows? They called them the free for all. Yeah, of course. It was, like, it was, it it was, was like, on the pay per view. It was on the pay per view channel. You yeah. watch it for free. It'd give you that that thirty minutes or hour or whatever yeah. to decide if you're going to order. Whatever, it or take not. it back. It wasn't the pay per view. It, it was, was the, the one over. Um, it was the it was the cha- it was channel. 
what they call channel. Th- I forget what they call the TV Guide channel. TV, they kill. Yeah, TV they Guide kill. channel. Yeah. They used to. Yeah, you could watch them on the TV Guide channel as you were scrolling through to see what you're telling. For those of you youngsters out there, there was this thing on cable television called the TV Guide it was channel. Awesome. And what you would do is you would go to the channel. So if you didn't have a TV Guide magazine itself to know when your programs came on, you'd go to the TV Guide channel, and there would be um, this like scrolling bar. That would give you the channels and the times for for when your shows were coming on within the next hour, two hours, yeah. whatever, right? And it would stop for a few seconds, and then it would continue to slowly scroll. But at the top of the screen, you would get like either a commercial or an infomercial. But the WWF at the time used to produce the free for all on the pay per views, so they were free. And you could, it gives you the opportunity to, it's like a last minute ditch effort on the company's part to get you to buy the pay per view. And it was on the free for all when Vince McMahon announced that Brian Pillman had passed away. And I was just floored watching it because I didn't see it coming. Um, And it was very abrupt to the announcement, too. He's like, Brian Pillman has died. He died in the hotel room and. Bloomington, Minnesota, or some shit like that. I forget where it was. I think it was Minnesota. And I was just like, whoa. And then they, like, cut to the next thing. And I just remember, like, I remember going to my brothers and be like, Brian Pillman died. And they were like, what? No. Like, Justin was a big Heart Foundation guy. You know, Pillman was part of that group. Yeah. And and I loved Flying Brian. From WCW. I was a big flying Brian. I love both versions, but I like... And I like the Loose Cannon, too. I like the Loose Cannon better. And I like the Loose Cannon, too. I, I loved his stuff. I loved the time he had in The Horseman, even though it was very short-lived. Yeah. I loved the Hollywood Blonde stuff with Steve Austin. I loved all of that stuff. And so, I was um, I was, I was, was crushed when, uh, when, when Pillman had passed away. You know, while we're on the subject of, uh, of, of Four Horsemen, uh, one that comes to mind for me... Was the retirement match for Ric Flair at WrestleMania in 2008 when he when he lost to Shawn Michaels? Uh, I was at that WrestleMania. I was I was there, and um, it was big Ric Flair weekend. You know, everyone kind of knew it was the end. He had gone into the Hall of Fame, and so um, I was there with my brothers and my girlfriend at the time, and she had just about had enough of wrestling <laughs> by that point. She was just kind of done with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that match for me was, and Shawn Michaels was one of my favorites. I wouldn't say Ric Flair was a favorite of mine, but I did enjoy watching him. And, uh, when he lost and he was crying and he hugged his family, I could start feeling it in like my stomach. And it's like, it was just, it just kept like building and building. And then as he made his way up the ramp and he waved to everyone, I, I literally had like. You know how they say, like, your life flashes before your eyes? Yeah. I kind of had that in, in the sense of, like, career highlights of his kind of, like, flash before my eyes as he's walking up. And I'm starting to get choked up and my my, my cheeks are, are shaking and my eyes are starting to well up. And I could just picture, like, you know, Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen and TBS Studios cutting a promo, War Games, Ric Flair at WrestleMania 8, um, you know, Horsemen on Nitro... Um, the match with, you know, matches with Dusty and Sting and things like all this stuff just started like flashing my head, like boom, 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 boom. And then like when he like did that final wave, 
goodbye and then like walk back into the curtain. Then that's when like all the tears just started coming down my face. And I was just like, man, like, like that was the first time where like, as a wrestling fan, I felt old. I was 25. Yeah. Okay. I was 25 at the time. Um, that was the first time I felt old where it was like, I watched, I watched him when I was a little kid. Like I, I, I grew up watching Ric Flair and I just couldn't get it out of my, my, my head at that time that, like, he's really retired. Granted, he fucking ruined that when he went to TNA and he yeah. wrestled Jay Lethal, but um, that was a big one for me. What about you watching that? Um, I was never that great of a big or big of, big fan of either Shawn Michaels or Ric Flair. Yeah. But the one that got me, got, I got choked up, of course, when right before... The super kick, the final super kick. He he goes. I'm sorry. I love you. Yeah. That that was that was a tough watch. Yeah. You know, in a good way. A tough. Yeah. Watch. And that, and then even when they yeah. went back and sh- like on the on the big screen in the stadium, they showed it on the replay, and you know, not knowing what the commentary was later on, um, I remember watching that too, and I looked up, and, and when they show on the replay, it says, "I'm sorry. I love you." And I was just like, oh, man. Like, that was like the like the kiss of death right there. You know, like, that's when that's when yeah. I kind of knew, like, all right, this really is the end. Like, that's how I felt at that time. Um, and you can see other people crying in the stadium. Uh, there were people in my row crying. Um, my girlfriend at the time, she didn't make fun of me, but she looked over at me and she was just like, kind of gave me this look like, like, are you really crying over this right now? Like, are you really? I remember she was so annoyed that with all the woo chants from the weekend that when like Flair lost, she was like, "All right, thank God this shit is yeah. over." Like she was done. Like she was done with it. Like she she was done with it. And that was essentially like WrestleMania and that weekend and my obsession for wrestling at the time. I think was like one of the big things that like led to you know one of the reasons why it led to our breakup yeah, yeah okay. but whatever like i mean i mean she's a nice person you know she's married with kids now and but you know at the same time like you know it wasn't meant to be obviously so and that's fine with me but uh yeah so that that was a that was a moment where um that was the first time that i can remember um as an adult that i had cried here's a, here's one that's like a double whammy like a one-two punch it kind of happened in a short period of time I remember as a youngster crying as a kid when I found out that the Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan because I didn't watch that WrestleMania live. And then when Earthquake attacked Hogan on the Brother Love show, I cried watching that. Because that I, thought, was tough. I thought Hulk Hogan. I, because they showed the shots of like the fans yeah. and the kids crying too. Like th- that made me cry. I think it was more yeah, so. Hogan leaving a stretcher and all that? Yeah, Earthquake sitting on him and. Earthquake was an asshole. Yeah. I mean, he fucking killed Damien. He fucking ended Hogan's career. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He tried to fucking put Andre the Giant out to pasture at one point. Earthquake was a piece of shit. He really was. He was. <laughs> I bet mean, he's a really nice guy in real life, though. Or was. Was, yeah. yeah I'm sure he was. Yeah, I heard he was like a cuddly teddy bear in yeah. real life. But, yeah, you know, I'm fucking TV, man. Like... Like when he when he sat on Hogan and then like they showed the replay and they like put it in slow mo and and then like they would play like Hogan's theme music but like in slow motion like I am a <laughs> real American <laughs> and you see like Earthquake like standing over Hogan and he's cupping the ear and I was like that stuff made me cry 
as a youngster. It was a that, tough watch. Yeah, it was it was tough to watch, but more so watching the other little kids that were my age that were crying too. Yeah, and I was just like, whoa, like I was like, no. And I never, th- I thought like as a youngster, like Hulk Hogan's never coming back. He's never coming back. But, like that's the end of him. That was his first angle, though, wasn't it? Where it's like, I don't know if I'm coming back and like I'm hurt. Well, no, Creek on Bundy too a little bit, right? But that that wasn't there. Like that nah, didn't really hype up. I mean, they they. I don't remember them really going crazy over like, oh, Hogan's career is over when he wrestled Bundy. But um, I do remember, um, I do remember them like questioning over Earthquake because I mean yeah. they did like a like for instance, I I think I've even talked about it on this show when we covered SummerSlam 1990. I went, my grandfather took me to a house show in Hartford. The main event was Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Tugboat against Earthquake and Dino Bravo. It was like the Hulk Hogan um, Get Well tour. And that was the main event. They and I remember I had this big sign that said "Get Well Hulkster," and they had like I drew like a cartoon drawing of Hulk Hogan on it. And I just remember Duggan and Tugboat looking at me because I was dead center. Yeah. And they like gave me the thumbs up. Really, that's awesome. Sign. That was cool as shit. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then like I I remember as a youngster, I was like, Grandpa, when are we gonna watch that on TV? And he was like, It wasn't on TV. It was just for us. And I was just like, Oh man, I wanted to find myself on TV, you know. Um, yeah, and, and then eventually Hogan came back, and it, like all was right with the world, and he wrestled Earthquake, and it was like, yeah, you know, I was all fucking pumped up, but yeah, I cried hard when, when Earthquake, Earthquake that fucking was tough watch. beat was. him up there. Yeah. Um, any others that, that, that come to mind for you? Um, a, more, I'm sure you have a few, right? Yeah, more, more, more recent. That, that, uh, um, so... I was big for a while on like the indie scene that that, that uh, and one of the girls was a girl named Mercedes KV. Yep. Uh, KV Martz or maybe it was KV Martz. No, no, it was uh, Mercedes, Mercedes KV. KV yeah. yeah. And, and I just watched this girl and I liked her and I'm like, this girl's phenomenal. And all of a sudden, I see her on NXT and I'm like, holy shit, right? Yeah. And I and I, and I, was, I watch her I watch this I watch her from a jobber to the boss. Yeah. And of course it's Sasha Banks. Yep. And that that uh. That uh, so her matches, her first match with Bailey got me emotional. But the one where I cried, like 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 like, I cried, cried. I really did when she won the title for the first time on the main roster. Yep. Uh, that that uh, I, because like 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 what you did with Ric Flair, you went through the 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 promos where 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 you know on TBS. You and, went through all her and, career and that's I mean. highlights. And that's yeah. exactly. I, I, I went. I went from from from. Uh, I went. From, yeah, I went from her, like you know, renting, like uh, buying leggings from Walmart to fucking you know being the boss coming out in Mercedes and all. She's a local in the New England. Yeah, she was Boston. Local. She's yeah, Boston. Boston girl. She used to yeah. do a lot of Connecticut indies. Is that right? For, yeah, she used to do a lot of Connecticut indies for um, uh, CTWE Wrestling, which is no longer in existence. Um, they used to run out of the town hall in Bethany. Bethany, Connecticut. Okay. Um, I never saw her wrestle live and in person, but Me I, used to, I used to hear you know stuff about her. Yeah. Um, yeah, she used to. You know, she she was a, a regular in the in the Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island area for uh, for indie wrestling. Um, if big, little known fact, when she did that entrance against Bailey at that takeover, which is by far your favorite Sasha Banks match ever. The yeah, one, definitely. The one with Bailey won, right? Yeah. Um, she. I think she managed to get a couple of paydays for some of the guys at the the wrestling school that she worked at that were posed as the security guards. That's way in cool. Brooklyn. Yeah, I think she managed to get them on the show, 
as part of the as part of the package uh, when they came out in the Escalade and they were surrounding it. They all had black shirts and sunglasses on, like they were security. Yeah. But um, yeah, like you like you said, like you just kind of. I think also what helps too helps with the emotion is the fact that like you kind of identify or gravitate to someone especially when you're watching wrestling and you kind of it's they're kind of your person your guy your girl you know what i mean so you watch sasha from the very beginning you know and you've seen where she started as mercedes kv in, in the independent scene all the way to nxt and then eventually you know main roster wwe and you've watched that journey You've gone through that whole path, you know, so therefore it, it, it's a little extra emotional for you because you've seen how far you've seen the, yeah. you've seen the whole story and now you've seen it culminate and it's almost like climaxing during sex in a way, you know, you get the build up for, you know, and then <laughs> boom, yeah. you fucking came yeah. and you're like, woo, and, and, and it feels great, you know, but you, uh, I, I can I can picture that I can I can I can get behind that you know, you're you're. And so a little bit too. That's why I raged for Flair too. Like, 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 like the when, when uh, Sasha lost all those matches at the the pay per view. She would win the matches on the Raws, but then she would lose the matches on the pay per views. It frustrated me so. That's a little bit of my hatred towards. <laughs> so you want to know something now that you bring this up. You know, we the text message thread with you and yeah. Justin and Daryl and myself, you know, when we go back and forth about wrestling, you know, I didn't realize, maybe either I didn't pay attention if, you, if it wasn't mentioned before, if I just didn't realize it till now, but I didn't realize how big of a Sasha Banks fan you were. And it goes back to when she started in the indies. Yeah, it does. Like, I didn't, like, that, like I had no idea it's that you It's different were... now that, 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 that I, that she's probably... Well, when it comes to W, she's definitely the Fiend's my favorite wrestler for uh, for for the WWE. It is, it, that's by far. But the, but even the girls, I like you know Shirai now better than her, and mm-hmm. like and like like I don't know if I like a main roster girl more than her, but I love Eno Shirai way yeah. more than Sasha. I love um, uh, Tessa Blanchard way more than like yeah. Sasha now. And it, and it kind of makes you sad because it was like the booking. The booking made me have like this, like this disconnect of like, of like her and like, and like, it's not even like her fault because like, you know, it was the WWE and, then, and I think they did it on purpose because my opinion, Sasha was the top girl yeah. and they wanted, and they wanted Charlotte and they force feeded us Charlotte over a organic, your organic like, natural feeling. For Sasha, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why, that's why, and again, it's not even Sasha's, I mean, it's not even uh, Charlotte Flair's fault. Yep. If you have all Charlotte Flair, I'm like, sign me up, whatever you want me to do, right? Yeah, right. But but however, it, like, it, it's force-fed, uh, how I felt, how I still feel, of course, yeah. is that we force-fed, we were force-fed Charlotte, and we, and we were having this organic, like, love for Sasha, and it was taken away from us. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's, yeah, uh, I don't necessarily agree with all that, but you know. Anyway, I, I, I guess that I'm biased, of course. Yeah, because you know that you're a Sasha fan, but I get it. You know, I I, I understand. Um, but yeah, it's just fascinating, like hearing from someone else, like how big of a fan they are, and how much that that person's character trajectory impacts them to the point where you know, like 
like you said, like when she won, it was like you know, you were crying like a baby. Yeah, well, it really you was. You watched her come from you know yeah. starting out to you know start, that's a, that whole started from the bottom. Now we're here. That was the first time too. Like where I got emotional like that. I haven't got emotional like that probably since um. I uh, mean that too. Maybe since like the Pillman death, like, yeah. like, 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 like that emotional. Like, I also got emotional too. Actually, I take that back when because I hated hated Cedar Bomber so much when Punk won in Chicago. Money in the bank. Yeah, I didn't cry or nothing, but yeah. like my emotion for like yeah, yeah you were excited. Yeah, man. I felt like the Vikings. That's the closest. Seriously, because my teams are losing. I'm a Met, Mets, Maple Leafs. And Minnesota Viking fan, not not in order because Vikings, Maple Leafs, Mets. However, that 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 uh, they never I, the only time they won a championship either of those teams was nineteen eighty six. As and I was only six years old, don't even remember it. Yeah. So, so, so neither of my teams has ever won a championship for me, how in my lifetime. Yeah. However, as close as the, the the Vikings can win a Super Bowl to me was when CM Punk. When beat uh beat beat John, beat John Cena. Cena because okay. I hated John Cena. So we'll be much. approaching the ten year anniversary of that coming up in July. We will watch that match together. That's we'll, we'll, my favorite we'll, match of we'll all time. That. Yeah, I know that we've talked about that before. We'll, I, I I plan to watch that match with you uh, later this if year. If people think I'm if, it, if I say that I'm a CM Punk super fan, I barely like CM Punk. Yeah. And the only thing I like about CM Punk, it my my, my my favorite song of all time. Was cult of personality. It's been yeah. like that since I was fifteen years old. Yeah, and and I'm like, first you beat Cena Bomber, now you got cult of personality. Okay, Cena Punk, you got my attention. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, it, you know, sometimes, 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 I guess you know, uncharacteristic traits of someone, like entrance music, I guess, could be a way that you gravitate towards, you know. A, towards a person. I mean, there's been times, like, for instance, like, I was never a big Edge and Christian fan as a tag team, even though they are great together. In hindsight, I look yeah. back and, like, I watch some of their old stuff, I'm like, wow, these guys are amazing together. They really when were. I was, when I, I shit it on But when I, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I could care less for either of these two together. I liked them separate. I liked Christian as, like, a little mid-card heel, and I liked Edge as, like a, like, a, like, a top main event heel. And so when Edge changed his theme music to um, Alter Bridge, and he became more of the rated R superstar. That's when I started liking him because I think that I think his entrance song is is amazing, and so much so that at WrestleMania earlier this year when he came out, and I was watching it at home with Justin uh, and Daryl, actually at Justin's house, there were a few, there were very few times where this year's WrestleMania felt like WrestleMania to me. The first night when Vince came out with the roster and thanked all the fans and welcomed the fans back. That was like another goosebump WrestleMania type moment. Yeah. I was like, "This is cool! Like, that's awesome." That way, was great agree, way to start yeah. the show. You know what I yeah. mean? Welcoming the people back. We're all together after we've been going through this pandemic. Like, I, it was a really feel good moment. Like, I was like, "This is so cool!" You know? And I, I even get chills thinking about it right now. And, and, and like I said, as much as I used to think it was so cliche, maybe it's just because I'm older now, yeah. a little more sentimental. And then when Edge came out the next night. And the pop he got, and the reaction, and his reaction, and the way he was so fired up. I remember sitting next to my brother, and I just said, now that's a WrestleMania moment right there. That was fucking so cool. Because a year ago, he had come back, yeah, and he had that great moment at the Royal Rumble, and it was going to culminate with him and Randy Orton at WrestleMania, and then the whole fucking world shut down because of COVID. 
and he had to he had to settle for the 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 last man standing match in the performance. Yeah. Center, which was not a bad match, it was, but it still. Wasn't, yeah. The, the the goal was obviously to come back so you can work WrestleMania in front of that fucking huge audience. And he didn't get that moment. So when he came out, and granted it was 25,000 people instead of a full stadium of 60 or 70, still, 25,000 people in today's standards with COVID is a lot of people. And so for them to give him the reaction that he got, I was like, I got, I didn't say I got like emotional where I was crying, but I was just like, yes! Like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, way to go. Another moment... That really got me emotional. I'll give you a few. I'll give you a couple more, and then you know we'll we'll kind of go back yeah. and forth here. But um, one more recent was when they when uh, WWE um, had the Daniel Bryan story um, in two, 2014 where he was fighting for the title, and they announced. That he was going to wrestle Triple H at WrestleMania. And if he won the match, he was put in the title match later in the night. The segment where he had all the people in the ring wearing the t-shirt. And they were all yeah. chanting yes. The, they, they took over. The, the Raw and Triple H and Stephanie were pissed. So when Hunter made the announcement, he's like, you're on. You got me at WrestleMania. I remember my wife and I were sitting on the bed watching. And she was folding laundry. And I pounded my fist onto the bed like, yes. Because I was going to that WrestleMania. Yeah. And you couldn't help but relate to the Daniel Bryan story. You work so hard only to come up short. And there are all these obstacles in your way, whether they are put in front of you because of somebody else or because of you know matters of circumstance. You can't help but just relate to that story. So I, was, I had an, an, an emotion of excitement that... He was going to be put into the title match if he won, you know. And I and I remember like my I hit my fist on the bed and I was like, yes. And my wife was like, all right, that's enough. Like <laughs> the clothes fucking kind of flew up in the air. Like I was excited and um, that was a, like another moment where like I was really just excited. Uh, you know that that emotion of excitement just came out of me because not only was I going to be there for it, but I was happy that that's the direction that the story was going. That, that part of the story evoked that kind of emotion out of me. One where I cried like a fucking baby was when Shawn Michaels went into the Hall of Fame the first time in 2011, the year after he retired. Um, I was a big Shawn Michaels fan, still am to this day. It's, it's Hogan, Macho, and Shawn, my three, in that order. And when he retired, I was very disappointed that I didn't get to go to that WrestleMania. Justin and Daryl went to that WrestleMania. In fact, there's a picture of Justin and Daryl taking a picture as they're leaving the stadium and you could see the you could see Justin's face all red like he had just cried like a lot. And he identified more with Sean and Brett of that era cuz that's the era he grew up in similar to how I did with Hogan and Savage. But um I got to see Shawn Michaels induction speech. I went to that Hall of Fame that year in Atlanta and um I just remember when he came out and he hugged his wife and he kissed his kids and he talked about how much it meant to him that the audience liked what he did and you could hear it in his voice. It got me emotional because I can relate to him on that level. For many, many years, I always cared about how other people thought of me and if I was doing good, whether it be family, whether it be friends, things like that. So I understood him on that level. 
And that's what got me emotional is the fact that like I had a connection with him in that sense where I was like, Jesus Christ, he's the same. He's, he's like me. He wants people to think he's doing good. He wants people to, 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 to appreciate what he represents. You know, I want people to think I'm doing good. I want people to think that I'm, you know, I, I'm good at this or what have you. You know what I mean? So it was, that's where I kind of had that connection. And granted, he was also retiring. And that was another part of my childhood growing up. Like I was a big Rockers fan. And then, you know, when he turned singles, I started liking him then even more. And then over time, I just, you know, it just my my love for Shawn Michaels as a performer grew. So um, those are just a few that, that uh, in, in more recent years, well, Michaels is about 10 years ago. So, I mean, how, how recent is that? Yeah. But yeah. Where I, I was at the Hall of Fame. You can ask my brothers. Crying like a baby. I had tears down my face. I'm clapping like, yeah, HBK. You know, the click came out. And they were, you know, the big curtain call, you know. And I was like, yeah, the click. And I remember saying like to one of my friends, it was uh, Ken, Ken Reedy. I said, if WrestleMania sucks tomorrow, this was probably the coolest thing about the whole fucking weekend. Was that Shawn Michaels went into the Hall of Fame and all yeah. the, the click was there. You know what I mean? Like, that was, that was the coolest shit ever. And that WrestleMania did suck. So, <laughs> what was that? What was that? What was that? Uh, was Cena and Miz. Oh yeah. When Rock came out. Yeah. And Rock was the host. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was some that was some bullshit. But um, any 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 other emotional wrestling moments that come to mind for you that you want to share? Um, Is there anything else you want to talk about? It's your birthday, man. We got. Yeah. Talk. Um. No, just Andre the Giant that that uh. When uh, his passing, that 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 uh, always always a big Iron Giant fan. That, that we all saw that one. I'm coming. gonna elaborate on that. But continue. That, that, that we all saw that one coming, but like, it was still like yeah, that was tough when Andre the Giant. That was really childhood like, and it was also weird timing for me too. Cause I was like, when he died, ninety four, ninety three. So I'm like thirteen years old, and that, so that's that's like a weird time where it's like. Where it's like, you know, wrestling still can make me think that's still real. But back in my mind, I know it's fake. But uh, what I'm trying to say is like, I hear the giant was like the last where it's like, I don't know, where, where it's like, alright, I'm going to the abyss now. Where it's like, where it's like, the pretend wrestling stuff is gone and reality is like real. I don't know, what, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say here, but it's like, when Andre the Giant lost, that's where it's like, I that was like my bar mitzvah moment of like of like Coming wrestling. I became a man when when uh, when 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 Andre the Giant lost. Uh, when, when when he when he passed Pass away, away. that that uh, I really became like, all right, I get it now. Like I really get it now. Okay, like, you know. I... Um, it's interesting you brought up. Hey, I was dark. I really was. That that, that really, I I had a giant passing affected me. Really? Absolutely. Didn't it, didn't affect me back then. Um, but you, you mentioned Andre. Another another moment where I got really emotional. Didn't expect to. Okay. Maybe I've talked about this with you. I don't remember, but. Um, the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO. Never it, saw it. I never saw it. it. It's it's. I don't have HBO. Well, it's on. The, it's actually. I think it's on Peacock. Is it really? I think. I think the documentary. Yeah. Right, I got it for it. You gotta find it. Um, I think it's on the Peacock. 
Um, as a matter of fact, let's take a look right now, see if it's on there real quick. While I have the, while we have the, um, I could have sworn I saw it recently. It's got to be on here. Yeah, documentaries. Andre the Giant, right there. Okay. Yeah. And we're just talking about, I never use it. Use the peacock. Yeah, so well, yeah you have that. So you can watch. Um, uh, there's a scene in that, in that documentary where they talk about the match with Hogan at WrestleMania 3. And, and um, Hogan talks about pretty much like from start to finish how, what that day was like. Being in the locker room, anticipating the big match, having everything written down on a legal you know, yellow pad um, of things that him and Andre wanted to do. The fact that him and Andre were kind of distant from each other in the locker room throughout the day. Andre kind of just kind of kept to himself. Hogan was kind of scared shitless as to what was going to happen. This was a major moment for wrestling. This was a major moment for Hogan. Um, and then they get to the match and Hogan talking about things that were, you know, taking place during the match that, you know, Andre was instructing him to do. Basically there was like this background music, um, that was kind of complimenting Hogan telling the story of, the buildup from the beginning of the day all throughout the day into the match and then to the big moment when he slams him. And then when the big moment when he slams him, there's this like music in the background that just like, and the way that Hogan tells the story too, where when he slams him, I had this big like, Hogan slamming Andre in this scene when they show the clip, I felt like my gut was slammed. Like, I felt like I got body slammed watching it because I got super emotional and just started crying like a baby. Same way I cried when Shawn Michaels went into the Hall of Fame. I, I, I don't know, like I said, it was, if it was the background music that, that complimented it or Hogan telling the story. But, um, like, it hit the crescendo when he slammed him. And, and, and the way Hogan, like I said, the way Hogan told the story, you have to watch it to, to try and really grasp and understand yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, but then I remember going... And then, and then I got even more emotional when I went back and, and and went back to my childhood and I went to see WrestleMania 3 at a movie theater, closed circuit. This was before pay-per-view. My dad took me. Tickets were like four bucks a piece. And that was like one of the, the that's one of my fondest memories I have with my father. My father and I have had an up and down relationship over the years, but the, um, you know, we have a good relationship now. Um, it's, it's, it's been better than, you know, in, in, in recent years, but we've, we've always been up and down at odds with each other. Um, uh, but that was one of my fondest memories of, of spending time with my father was when he took me to see WrestleMania three at the movie theater. I mean, my father still talks about it to this day. He's like, remember when I took you in, um, uh, you know, Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man had that match where there was like a hundred near falls and. You know, and I said, and I'd say to my father, I was like, yeah, everyone talks about that match still being the greatest match of all time. Yeah. And that's what my father remembers from that. And he's not a wrestling fan. He's not, you know, um, but he, <laughs> he, um, he remembers that. And so then, you know, I remember, of course, being a kid in this movie theater watching this and just jumping up and down when Hogan slammed Andre and pinned him and kept the belt, you know. Like, he toppled the giant, the evil giant managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. Like, that was, like, the 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 excitement 
you know, of emotion that I expressed. But watching Hogan tell the story of his of 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 that match and his interactions with Andre leading up to the slam, I don't like I said, it built and built and built. And once he fucking slammed him, I felt like my emotions got slammed and I was just crying. And it was just, like I said, you have to go back and watch it to understand. Um, but it, yeah, that one got me. That one, that one really got me. And then I, like I said, go back, think about my father, think about you know, time we spent together and etc. It's just the cherry on top of the Sunday when it comes to you know crybaby fest. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that. Those are some of the uh, the the moments in wrestling as a fan that. The emotion got to me. I cried like a baby when Owen Hart died. Cried like a baby. Maybe because I was more shocked than anything. Shocked, but then like the next night when it really hit me when there when when you saw all the wrestlers on the stage yeah, the crying ten bell. and the ten yeah. bell, yeah, and then the graphic, I was like, woo, yeah, that like, was tough. Like Triple H and China crying, Mick Foley crying, Jeff. J- I mean, Jeff. You know who got me the most? It was Mark Henry. Mark Henry, yeah. That's the one, that's the imagery that got me. I think I was he cool. He read that poem. And I then, was cool until Mark Henry. Yeah. They all did. I mean, I, I, I watched that show live and I was like more or less in shock. And then like there'd be a few times where I'd like get a little teary-eyed watching some of those testimonials like with Triple H and Jeff Jarrett and even Mark Henry. Uh, but when Steve Austin came out and did the toast. Yeah. And then they left the graphic there. And he just put the beer down and left. I lost it. Yeah. I lost it. I was just like, oh my God. Like, I lost it. I was, I, I, I couldn't manage <laughs> for, for a few minutes after that. Um, yeah, those are just some of the few. You got any more? Uh, um, of course, you... we'd be remiss not talking about Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. All right, so what kind, so, so. What kind of emotion did Eddie did did Benoit's passing give you? Because and the situation, because I was more angry than anything else. But we, we didn't know when, when he first when we did the raw and stuff like that. Yeah, we didn't know any. We didn't have any information, so I was sad. I, everyone loved Chris Benoit. Yeah, and of course, I was sad. It turns to rage. I mean, yeah. like, people like I felt, I like. I didn't really. I, I know this sounds blasphemy, but but I didn't really care for Bret Bret Hart. So like the whole that whole uh, you know Montreal school drop whatever. I was like whatever. I it, it, it didn't get me one way or the other. I thought both sides were douchebags, and it's like it's I don't think like, anybody cried. Whatever. Except for Brett, what I'm trying to but... get at though, my Montreal school drop was when Chris Benoit committed those murders. I love Chris Benoit so much, like. I wanted him to be like my hero type, you know, yeah. when it wrestling. It turns out he was a slime of the earth. That's my Montreal screw job. Yeah. I, that, that, I, uh, can, I, can, I can get that. I get behind that. That was my fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Chris Benoit. Yeah. Okay, I can get behind that. What about Eddie? Eddie got me. Yeah. Eddie got me. And uh, with the Mark Henry again, they got, got emotional. I don't know. So, it, it, like, I was okay until I saw It wasn't even Chris Benoit. Somebody, were, I did get emotional when Benoit cried but, so, during the Eddie test. Somebody random. It's always the random people that get me. Someone random that you wouldn't think would be like an Eddie Guerrero like friend or whatever was crying, and that's what got me. I forgot who, yeah. but but yeah, Eddie Guerrero. That was a tough one. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, 
Anything else? That's it. That's all the only ones I can think of. That's, that's all you got? All yeah. Right. Well, you know, I mean, we, we, is there anything else you want to talk about? It's your birthday. I mean, is there anything else that pops up in your head? We Not can, particular. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I appreciate, obviously, your time here. And, uh, uh, I appreciated I, that, that monologue. Jeez, I want, it wasn't no monologue. It was yeah. It was straight. It was, it yeah. was, it was straight from whatever the heart. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever. It was straight from the heart, dude. You know, I wanted you to... To, to call the shots and you know you can obviously call the shots whenever you want you know if you got ideas to contribute yeah of you know, course that, you know and the, 90 percent of the time when i do come up when i do and it gets implemented the, the, so the, i appreciate the, the that. floor is yours well no this is part yeah. you know this is part of your show too man you you contribute to it and you know i can't thank you enough for helping make this more fun than it already is for me and, and for just being my friend and so yeah. you know i hope you have a I hope you have a, a, a good birthday. I hope... Um, I finally can. It's like I, finally, I think I can finally go to a bar in the state of Connecticut. Yeah, so. there you I go. So, and the restrictions are the 17th, right? 19th. I think, yeah. There you yeah. go. They, <laughs> yeah, day, the day, yeah, the day this drops, you know, that you, you can go celebrate. So, uh, you know, it's your birthday week. Have at it and enjoy. I love you, my friend. And, I love uh, you, man. And, uh, you know... Um, you know, I look forward to many more of these. Like next week, next week I got an interesting idea here. Um, we'll be approaching the 25 year anniversary of the night that the lights went out in Florence, South Carolina. In your house, beware of dog two. Remember that pay per view that WWF? Was that the uh, Saudi Vega versus uh, Stone Cold's rap match? Yes. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So we're gonna watch that. Let's do it. Yeah, we're gonna watch that back 25 years later. In your house, beware of dog two. We're going to talk about the night that the lights went out and they had to redo part of the pay-per-view a couple of nights later and the historical references behind all that. So we'll watch that on the Peacock because they've they've been adding more content. So we got more stuff to, to get into. So we'll be doing that next week right here on Kicking Out at Two. And with that being said, I think it's about that time we put this birthday party down for the three count. Happy birthday, my man. Thank you. And we will see you all next week.